Welcome to the Free Thinker Society podcast. I'm like, on a rant, I think, about, about conspiracy theorists and fuck that term and explain how the CIA coined that term. And I said, you know, we're, we're free thinkers. And as soon as the episode was over, Sam called me. He's like, you need to start a show called The Free Thinker Society with Mike Romanelli. Yeah, man. Um, we got this uh, new site that's launched a blast video. Um, and you know, it seems that came in the nick of time. Uh, the censorship out there is, uh, as bad as it's ever been. And, uh, now they're going to start clamping it down even more. What's really interesting is that they never seem to have found this like guy that was a mass terrorist in New York. Oh, from yesterday, right? Yeah. I saw his, like his YouTube page is still up. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching it last night. Actually, it was too creepy that I had to stop. Yeah. I started, I was like, I, it was like I found a, a treasure chest, right? I'm like, oh, I'm going to get to this before. I thought it was going to get pulled down right away. I thought I found something. Like, the views were only in the hundreds when I first found it. So I was all excited, like, all right, I, maybe I got something. Let me do some digging. And it was just too disturbing. It was just clearly a mentally ill person. Um, I think I know where you're going with what you're about to say about how conveniently the cameras probably weren't working, right? Yeah, the cameras weren't working. Um, the, none of the AI censorship algorithms were like flagging him for content removal, despite the fact that he's, you know, I mean, they're really good. Like they'll, they'll operate within five seconds of a video being uploaded, but they couldn't find his stuff. Yeah, like exactly. Come on. Like it's, you know, it's so funny because when I came out in 2019, it was like, yeah, all the, all the, mass terror attacks are staged um, or, you know, done by the intelligence services. Mm -hmm. People thought that that was like too big of a pill to swallow. Right. Yes. But now that now Mike Cernovic is actually mainstreaming the idea. So I'm like, I was riding that wave today. I was just going on there and, you know, posting the, um, the blacklists on his Twitter account uh, when he was talking about how ridiculous it was that all these false flag attacks all had the FBI somehow involved in the operation, right? Like mm. that Whitmere case with the kidnapping, it turns out that was all the FBI. And, you know, people need to understand that these, um, these mass terror attacks are being staged by the intelligence services to yep. uh, enact their agenda. Yeah, I mean, that. from what I watched, that guy had MKUltra written all over him. I mean, if I want to go deep into it just by watching him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty interesting, right, that, like, if I get I, – I'll get a speeding ticket or I won't have my Easy Pass uh, ready and go through anywhere in New York City and get a ticket within a couple of days sent to my home. Mm-hmm. Right, because there's cameras everywhere in the city. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. So they're telling me all the cameras. There's no footage of this man. I mean, it's, it's completely nuts. It's crazy. Right. And that's, I just, I'm wondering like, when are, when are people going to actually start really pushing back with it? And then not to go, not to, not to go. Can we back up a little bit? Can we just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Why, why you would know so much about this? Yeah. So uh, I'm known as the Google whistleblower. Here's your book. Um, I was a Google employee for eight and a half years. Um, and then in 2016, um, Google lost its collective mind because the wrong presidential candidate got democratically elected. And uh, they were like, we need to put a cap on this um, populism. They were saying a whole bunch of inappropriate things that a company should not be making. And then they started turning on this uh, AI censorship. 
So I started digging into the company as a full-time employee, assuming that it was this Project Dragonfly. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out it wasn't Project Dragonfly. In fact, Project Dragonfly probably doesn't exist um, ever. But what I did find was the real AI censorship weapon. Which you mind was called, telling the listeners what uh, Project Dragonfly was? Project Dragonfly was this censorship project that Google supposedly was going to use on their Chinese search project. And so the media was like, Oh my God, they can't censor, you know, the Chinese blah, 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 blah. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm I'm just going to find out what this project is and uh, get some info about it. And I couldn't find anything about it, not a breadcrumb, which for a company like Google, that is just impossible. But uh, while looking through that, I found the real censorship weapon and I knew right from the name that it was the real deal because if I was an evil maniac, that's what I would name it. And the name of it was machine learning fairness. And they had a shortcut link within the company called go slash ML fairness. And you go to this and it had links to all of the sub projects that were involved on that umbrella term. Right. So um, they had this thing called bit twiddler, which was how they re-rank search results on um, YouTube, according to a blacklist. Um, They had like this project, like purple rain, real time events, real time events was like literally their surveillance algorithm that scanned all the internet to look for trends. And I saw their design documents about how to re-implement that system since they were about to lose access to Twitter's uh, data pipes uh, for, for whatever reason that was. And um, this machine learning fairness was also, there's like these communication documents that were being prepared for the lower level management of the three search product, uh, products, Google search, Google news, and then YouTube. And when I looked into the design documents of this machine learning fairness, what I discovered was that um, this concept of algorithmic unfairness and Google defined that to be things that amplify stereotypical features. And one of the questions in this Q and a about algorithmic unfairness was, you know, whether objective reality could be unfair. And what they said was yes. And the example that they gave was, you know, say that you were searching for CEOs mm-hmm. and Google images would return a list of results. And if most of those were males, and even if that reflected objective reality, it could still be considered algorithmically unfair because it reinforces existing stereotypes and would justify correction via product intervention. Oh. So, so this is basically, this is basically you're, you're giving us the, the, the inside scoop basically on shadow banning. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is it. Mm -hmm. Well, and it, it almost feels like they're trying to, and excuse me if this is out of left field, but it reminds me of this concept called hyperstition where things that are objectively uh, not real yet come into existence through things that are said uh, on the internet. Right. So it's almost like, in a very woke sort of way, they're like, well, we can't, you know, discourage the little girls of the world by giving them an impression that successful people are all only male. You know, it's almost like they're uh, aware of their their position in this sort of culture creation. 
Right, exactly. And the the four steps to that uh, is in my first book. And it's literally, um, Google thinks that they can program you as an individual. And yeah. the, the programming is broken into four steps. Here it is on chapter one. There's a graphic of it. And the four steps are thus. Um, step one, training data are collected and classified. Two, algorithms are programmed. Step three, media are filtered, ranked, aggregated, or generated. That's machine learning fairness. And then the final step is people like us are programmed. And it was at step three that I disclosed to the media, you know, that the media are filtered, ranked, aggregated, or generated based upon this like um, classifier, this, uh, this machine learning fairness. Now, machine learning fairness wasn't like one sort of like intact AI. Um, it, think of it as like a process for creating artificial intelligences for social justice purposes. Mm-hmm. So um, the way that it works is you, you create this, um, this training data, this training data gets fed into a neural net and then the neural net grows around the solution to the problem of how does this data get this label? And so if you can feed enough data with that's properly, you know, labeled, then this AI figures out the, the connections between certain words and, you know, and so then you run it on new input and then it's able to say, okay, I'm going to give you between zero and hundred percent confidence interval that this piece of evidence is X and that X can be hate speech or white supremacy or whatever it is that you're training the classifier on. And that process of creating these classifiers, which achieve these social justice goals, is called machine learning fairness. Zach, when do you think this around the time this was rolled out? This was rolled out in 2016, right at the uh-huh. election between Trump and Clinton, but it was turned on to about one, a level of one. Uh-huh. Um, and the excuse that they used to justify it was Pizzagate. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's it's... Do you think this goes hands in hand with uh, the dead internet theory? I've heard that. Um, I don't know. It could be. I, I, I think that that's going to, yeah, yeah, I've heard. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. No, it's just because I was having this conversation with Sam yesterday, and uh, we were just talking about how it's just to, just to, just to try to dig on anything and research anything. It's just, it's, and we said around 2016, which obviously would be probably because of Trump, right, that just the internet seems different. You can't find the searches you wanted, and it just seems like it's a different, uh, a different space than it was, you know, back when I was really learning about all kinds of different stuff. And whether I was finding uh, real information or not, there was just a lot of information out there. There was tons of groups, there was tons of message boards, there was places where you could just research all. I was just using drugs as an example. Like I was saying, you know, there was a time where if I was at a rave, I took something, and I would just be able to Google it, look it up on my phone, whatever, and I'd find a bunch of trip reports or all kinds of things. I go now just Google any drug. And the first three pages are going to be rehabilitation places. Mm-hmm. Like it's nothing about the actual chemical. And uh, that's just a simple thing. And obviously with, you know, free thinking ideas, conspiracies, whatever you want to call them, they're like impossible. And it does seem like wherever they're showing, whatever they're showing you, it's, it's where they want to send you like Reddit, let's say, or places like that. Um, well, it's, then, it's the position they've carved out for themselves by being a search engine aggregator. You know, they're, they're, yeah. they're the one stop before you go anywhere else on the internet. And, you know, that power obviously has, uh, you know, gotten to a totalitarian level, but Zach, I mean, you're, 
with Blast.TV, you're sort of offering a solution to how YouTube's sort of done the same thing in their realm, right? Video content used to be free and and you could find stuff. Now there's a very strict algorithm. Only certain content gets pushed to the top. The average person will never find certain podcasts that we've all been a part of because of these algorithms. So, you know, Considering what you're doing with Blast TV, do you think there could be something Blast like video? Blast so, video. Sorry, Blast video. Do you think there could be something like that um, to compete with Google? Because people say DuckDuckGo was that, but now it's bought out and it's not really trustworthy. Yeah, I mean, it seems actually um, easier than ever to make a uh, search engine that you know Google did decades ago. Really, right? Like. Uh, storage costs have come down, bandwidth t- costs have come down, and they're just going to be cheaper in the future. Um, hosting has been easier than ever. You can um, spin up API services um, as single app. And then when you make a change, it just like automatically deploys back out to the web. Um, all this stuff is like new. All the tool set is new uh, and better. And I think that it's ripe for a rebirth of the internet. Um, and all the things that like Google used to do really well can be done again. Like why, why was Google so good? Well, it you know, it searched through blogger and all these open data data sources where all these people were, you know, aggregating at, right. Like blogger was huge. Tumblr was huge, right. You just, mm-hmm. to, to get a good search engine, you just got to figure out what everyone's talking about and then bring the relevant, you know, posts to light when you find that search. and what Google's done is it's stumbled over itself through all this complexity to hide that simple way of finding information and instead redirect everything towards these giant corporate conglomerations, you know, like Pfizer or WebMD, you know, and these, these pharmaceutical cartel outlets. Yeah. And they're trying to redirect you back into the propaganda. Yes. And if we just go and just get that, those old, you know, I mean, basically they're like data lakes, like just so many people are making so many posts, right? Like if you could go and just index all of Altnet, um, that would be like a huge, it's like the library of Alexandria in terms of like what people said and think and all this information, it's still there. It's just buried now because it's harder to get to it. And so um, I hope that one day we can, we can re-index all that stuff uh, with a, with a good search engine. Um, you know, it, seems easier than ever. I, I don't understand why we're still having a problem with this. It feels like to me that searching through a whole bunch of stuff on the internet is a solved problem. Absolutely. Yeah. You would think it would be easier than ever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you believe that possibly uh, Google and all these big techs companies, do you think they were created by the uh, alphabet agencies or do you think they're actually, created? yeah, like, you know, it's right there at their funding source, uh, EQTEL. Like that's the venture capital arm of the CIA and yeah, yeah, they're, they're giving money to Google uh, at the very beginning. Uh, Google is a product of the CIA essentially. And um, you know, we have to ask ourselves what kind of secret meat hooks do they have into the company? What do they have over the, you know, the CEO? Um, Hard to say, but I do know that they are part of whatever agenda is out there by this like global cartel they're lock stop like in sync with everything that is going on in the agenda. And it's going to get really interesting as we go into what world war three, 
right? Like it looks like we're getting prepared for wartime propaganda uh, in the United States, which will be a full suspension of being able to, um, you know, speak out less you speak out against the war. Yeah. So now you hear all these, uh, you hear a lot of conspiracy theorists say about, talk about the, how the internet will go down, right? How the internet's going to go down someday. Is, is it, is it as simple? Is it, is it something that's so that can be, can happen? The internet go down. Oh yeah, totally. It's fragile. Right? It is like, yeah, I mean, this is cables. You just cut the cables and then boom, all of a sudden, you, you know, you've lost access to another country. Okay, so it's something that totally could happen. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just, it, I mean, it, it seems like the government or whatever, the elites, they're, they've wanted to manufacture culture forever, right? You go back looking at, you know, even just music or whatever. They've hijacked and like now they have the best tool in the world. I mean, if they have this tool, it would be so easy just to hijack and change history and hijack culture. I mean, so it's so easy for them. It's, it's nuts. I mean, what do you think? What, why do you think that the shooter from yesterday, his videos are still up on YouTube? That that's very curious to me. Right. Well, what they're trying to do is they're trying to, um, they're trying to de-radicalize people by turning the hatred from the state Mm. to each other. They yeah. did the same thing in Iraq, um, and eventually they figured out that these um, terrorist attacks were actually uh, controlled by Britain. And there's this great story that I heard about how they finally got wise to it, and they wouldn't let the terrorist go. And the British came in with tanks and uh, broke into the prison and set the guy free because it was like their guy. Oh. And essentially what we got to realize is um you know whoever that shooter was because i don't believe that it was that guy like they're trying to say oh this guy's so hateful you know we got to realize that whoever the shooter was we couldn't identify him because he was wearing a gas mask Mm -hmm. um he shot people and then he um disappeared he he happened to get away in the middle of new york with a bunch of cameras yeah like are you freaking kidding me like that's the sign right there when someone does attack on a large group of people and then gets away, like, no, that doesn't happen doesn't in happen. a surveillance society, doesn't okay, which is what we're living in now. So, yeah. um, you know, he gets away and now they've got some patsy who is, um, you know, had a naughty YouTube channel full of hatred. So they're going to pin it on this guy and, you know, they're probably going to just not allow him to interact with the public because they need to keep the scam going. And it's probably unclear whether this guy is actually in on it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really matter. The doesn't. thing is, is that the whole thing is, I mean, it's its obviously a laughable clown circus. Uh, partially staged. Um, I would i would imagine a lot of the, vi- the victims might have been um, staged actors because why actually go to the bother of shooting real people? Um you, their families are just going to try to investigate. If anything, there's a bunch of actors on some guy in a gun comes in, releases a smoke grenade, shoots some people. And then the people like, you know, there's a circus over them, but they weren't actually real. So now they don't actually have any families that are trying to investigate and figure out, you know, Oh, well, why did the FBI know about this guy and not let anyone know? Right, like those are the, the hard-hitting questions that an obsessed family that has a, a family member that dies, they're going to go down that whole rabbit hole. So, you know, my prediction is that the people that were actually shot were just like 
um, part of it, part of I mean, the it, part of the show. It's unbelievable that they're, they're just giving us this. The videos are the, the tapes are gone. It's unbelievable. unbelievable. And they're saying all of them. I mean, like I said before, I I get tickets all the time in the city for going through the wrong lane, or and it's literally within a couple of days you get the ticket. Another another story that 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 happened uh, when I would I would say it's about. I think it was the year 2000. So it was before smartphones. Two buddies of mine got into a fight on the, on the subway, mm-hmm. right? They got into a fight. They thought it was just a regular fight. These are city kids. Things like this happen. They just thought it was a regular fight. Um, they get off the train, they're bleeding and they're just at a bodega washing themselves off, you know, cleaning up. And then, like they said, within five minutes, 20, 30 cop cars surrounded them. They found them, right? And this is before we had the surveillance state, before mm-hmm. smartphones, before everyone's taking pictures. And it became this whole political thing with Giuliani. And they said they, they somehow they changed the whole story that that they uh, attacked um, attacked foreign foreigners on the on the train, and, and Giuliani turned into this whole political thing uh, when it was just really a fight. But um, my point is, they caught them in New York City before we had all this surveillance. Yeah. My buddy said it was like he was literally washing the blood off his hands at a bodega that was, I forget how many stops down. I think it was, I think the fight happened in Manhattan and they might have been in, in Queens when they got caught. But it's like, come on, they got picked up that. I mean, they were like, they didn't understand why they were even getting arrested because back then, you know, fights happened in the city it was no big deal. Um, and no one was really that hurt. But I mean, come on. If, and that was this little nothing. Now, this is a guy that was unloading they're saying that he had all these kinds of weapons and 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 even the even the um on the ground like we only have a couple shots of everything which i still find very interesting too that people that's just probably just about society how crazy everyone is and how hypnotized they are the phones where you see a couple people just like literally texting as it's going on you're like what no one's running like there's a couple guys just literally just texting like kind of moving out of the way that's that's totally nuts um i think that's more of people just being coming zombies to their phones but it's just, it's just nuts. I mean, how many more times are we going to just be like, Oh, there's no camera footage. Epstein, no cat. And it's just like, and everyone's okay with it. I don't understand why we don't have the pushback. I don't I mean, I mean, the thing is, is that it's getting more circusy. Um, yeah. And it seems to me that it's getting yeah. harder for these intelligence services to pull off these terror attacks. Cause people are like getting wise to this, right? Because it's harder yes. to hide because yes. you have to, you have to disable so many cameras now. Yeah. And the amount of cameras you're going to d- need to disable on average in the future is going to go up by like an order of magnitude because it's going to be like everywhere is going to be able to show that, um, <laughs> that, that, you know, like, like when the guy goes away, right? Like in the future, there's just going to be all these cameras everywhere. We're going to be able to like, just follow him and see where he goes. Mm-hmm. Right. And if it's a false flag, we're going to be like, why do you go into an FBI car? Um, Ooh. and so I, I think that with these terror attacks that they're doing, they it seems that they took a break. It seems that they're back on now. And in order for them to continue doing these, they're going to have to get a lot more control, a lot more control over remote cameras, um, a lot more control over people taking video with their iPhones. Like that's yeah. going to be a really hard thing. Like yes. think how weird that's going to be when a terror attack happens and then everyone's cell phones, like, like has a bug together and deletes all the footage that day. Yeah. Like that's, what's going to eventually have to happen. And people are going to be talking about that. There's going to be this urban legends. And at this point, I don't know how they're going to be able to put the genie back in the bottle. Like it's too much out there. Cernovich is on Twitter calling this out as a false flag. Yeah. That's what he say. Exactly. Yeah. Let's do a thread. If mass shooters, the FBI had previously been aware of, I'll start the pulse nightclub shooter 
was reported to the FBI, although he lied to the agents, he was set free. His dad had also been a longtime FBI asset slash informant. Your turn. And uh, let's see if I can actually share this screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right here. Look at this. Right? Like, and I'm like, yes, the people are waking up. This yeah. is exactly what is going on. We need to understand that they're doing terror attacks. They've done the, the, the you know, regimes around the world have done this. This is not a new thing, right? Yeah. Like this is was reported in communist Russia too. They did yeah. false flag attacks against their own people. Hitler did them, you yeah, know, the, the Biden regime. Known, right? We know about the Gulf of Tonkin. I mean, we know about, yes, absolutely. That's, that's, it's funny how false flag a couple of years ago, you were a nut if you use those words. Now the news, now the mainstream uses the term false flag. Right. So in a way it's like maybe, maybe things, you know, that's a positive, it's a positive way to look at it. Like you're saying, and I do believe that the internet in a way, that's why sometimes I wonder, that's why I asked you if it's, it would be so easy just to shut the internet off. I was hoping you were going to say no. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say no, that's it would be too hard. Um, because I think the internet, as much as it's a tool to control us, it also has gotten away from them quite a bit. Um, you know, same with the surveillance. Like I always think about someday, someday I, I believe that there'll be like some kind of app where you can literally just search anything that anybody ever said, took pictures of on everyone's phone. Right. Yeah. Like I always think about that idea and I kind of live my life that way too. Like I, I try to, not that I do too much wrong, but it's like, I think that I'm being filmed almost at all times and that whatever I put on my phone could be there forever. And, and that's scary, but it's also, if we all have access to something like that, which I do believe will happen someday, it's going to be a lot harder to pull this stuff off. Right. I think it's already getting there. I mean, if you look at uh, Las Vegas, right, that was a disaster. I think that was a, your first litmus test on what the fuck with all the cameras and trying all the fuckery of saying, oh, this camera didn't work. Or that when you had thousands of people and different, you know, recordings, and they kind of just buried that story. It's like people definitely caught on too much. There was too many people uh, speaking out on it. And it kind of, that story just went away, which if you think about it, it's, it's something that should have stayed in the news a lot longer. I mean, it's a crazy event. Um, and I have to say, I think, I think that you're right about this. Uh, they'll probably just do that as well. They'll probably just kind of bury this one because I don't see much. Yesterday was everywhere. I mean, obviously when something happens in the New York area, it's on every radio station, every person on, on air is talking about it because it's, it's, it's live. It's happening right now, but I don't see as much. Uh, I thought it would be flooded today. And it's kind of like already kind of, moved over. Now, I don't know if that's because people haven't died, which is also pretty interesting that nobody died. That, that kind of also leads me to think about, like you were saying, uh, crisis actors or whatever. Um, I don't know, man, that it's, 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 it's really nuts that, that, that people could, should be questioning more. And another thing I was going to ask you about is I do notice that people do question. And then you see, to me, it looks like almost bots right away. Like you're a yep. lunatic. Right yep. away. I mean, anyone writes anything and there's a lot of people writing, but right away, like just, you know, you're a nutcase. How plausible yeah. is that technology? I mean, is that actually out there? Is that legend? Are there actual bots that are being deployed in that way, Zach? Yeah, you... totally. Absolutely. Yeah. It's on Reddit. It's on Twitter. Um, if you do a bunch of posting on those platforms, you'll run into them. And uh, they pretty much come out in force right when something is new and they're still trying to correct the um course correct the narrative as it gets derailed but at this point it seems that everyone's getting so smart at what's going on to their yeah. tricks that they really can't derail the narrative like they try to derail it every single time but then it just keeps on going and they can't really stop it and that's where we are right now 
Yeah, I mean, with the bots, Mark, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it, but like when somebody, when they'll expose like the same comment written about, you know, we just saw it with the pandemic, right? It would be like the same exact comment. Oh, my mother works in the hospital. My sister works in the hospital. I'll say whatever. And it's literally just the same comment over and over and over again. I mean, I think that would be proof with different, with different usernames. I think yeah, that's and proof right what's, there. What's, what's interesting is that that's, that um, copy and paste may go away here pretty soon with uh, all this advanced AI that's coming out. Like there's yeah. a conversational AI called GPT-3. Uh, I use it um, when I program. It's amazing. And pretty soon it's going to be these um, bots with, uh, you know, intelligent, human-like conversational tactics. And this is really the scary thing because, you know, if uh, Twitter allows these bots on their platforms, which they will, um, yeah. then pretty much any space that is human-centric is going to be overrun by these mm-hmm. AIs. And yeah. pretty pretty soon, my prediction is that people are going to want social media sites where bots are not allowed or strictly labeled as bots. Because if you don't know, then, you know, then you know, something like QAnon may happen where everyone is like, oh, there's like a secret plan. And it turns out that it's just some sort of psyop. And yeah. that's the thing that I, that scares me is I feel that like QAnon may be restarted through a, um, through an AI. And that AI will just monitor the internet and make posts and it'll sucker people into an ideology. But what's worse than just that is that there will be like 10 of them. It's so people are going to be fractured into incompatible um, ideologies and they'll be like psyop, like effed in the head because of that. And like there's this badge that I put on Twitter, which was like, haha, you've been screwed by psyops because physical wounds heal. I was like, (laughs) whoa, right? Like that's, yeah, kind of interesting that psyop wounds would be worse than physical ones, you know? I mean, it, I feel like I, you know, I, I feel like I've been through a million psyops. I mean, what are you, you know, I, I go into researching things th- knowing that, okay, this could be a psyop, but let me look more into something, you know? Right. Uh, I love this whole Tartaria conversation, but it could be a psyop. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, I gotta, I gotta like have, be in that stance all times, just like, re- like looking at something and thinking, okay, this could be a psyop. And then as far as Q, I mean, some people think that Q might've been uh, AI. I mean, obviously you would be way more, uh, you would know a lot more if that's even a possibility than I would. Um, but I've heard that a couple of times that maybe it was AI. Um, regardless, obviously, I think most people know at this point it was a psyop for sure. Um, there are some people that are still hanging on to it. That's a little nuts, but uh, there are. Um, but I mean, to think about that's really scary. What you're saying to, to think that there'll be a bunch more Q type things coming out and almost dividing people even more, right? Like, what if there's a cue that comes out that are more for the left? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I can see that. Totally can see that coming, right? You see it happening yes. with, with the podcasting community. I mean, just the way podcasts are disseminated is sort of backed up in a RSS way to be decentralized already. But in the same flip of the hat, you know, you have these small communities being formed that aren't aware of the other communities that are, you know, like crabs in a bucket. We're all in the same situation. We're all talking about the same things. I could see how a bot can come in and start to turn these groups against each other uh, when essentially they're all sort of doing the same thing. 
Yeah, totally. Especially, especially if they can start calling you um, and interacting with you in the semi-physical world, huh. right? So basically, it's like how far will these AIs go into LARP, LARPing in the real world, you know? And uh, you can you can get pretty sucked up into a metaverse, which is oh, what I think yeah. they have what they have in store for us is lock us in a president of the mind, uh, you know, mediated through our cell phones. And it sucks because everyone's on their cell phones now all the freaking time. Mm-hmm. Now, how much of like manipulation in the, cause we hear about things like gang stalking and stuff, but I've wondered, you know, is it possible for them to surveil someone's life for a period of time and then strategically fuck with them? Like, let's say I have a best friend and then they just start blocking my texts and my calls unbeknownst to the two of us. I think I'm trying to reach my best friend who's, you know, ghosting me. He thinks I'm not hitting him up at all. Pretty soon we're not friends anymore because our whole friendship is based around this phone. I mean, is that how insidious you're talking Does with this ARG? No, no. I, I mean, in a paranoid sort of way, I've, I've imagined it happening. But uh, but no, no, I'm just this is just a thought experiment. Right. You know, try to destabilize people by triggering their paranoia. I mean, paranoia is a really or or just isolating them from the people that they're close with, because like the way our lives are structured now, if my friend and I don't live in the same town, we may never, you know, cross paths outside of this electronic medium. So how easy would it be for an outside force to come in and start to isolate somebody? And then to them, it doesn't feel like they're being, you know, shadow banned from their friendship. But essentially, you know, that technologically is going on. I probably sound like a big paranoid <laughs> loner right now, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think that's what they try to push people to, especially when you're, when you're putting this kind of content out there, when they shadow ban content creators, they try to give you the impression that, oh, nobody's looking at your stuff. And again, there's the flip side of that where it's, you know, somebody who doesn't have an audience and they're using that as an excuse to justify why nobody's looking at their stuff. But yeah, I think in that black mirror sort of way, it's going to start to brush up against people's actual lives and not just their electronic lives. Right. Or how about, how about someone that's a content creator and then all of their viewers are fakes. So they think that they're doing really you know good yeah. stuff and they're popular, but it turns out that no one's actually watching them. No one's actually finding them. And it's just a bunch of bots. Exactly. They just waste just their time. I was just wow. thinking the same thing, man. I was just thinking about how I know of, I'm not, I gotta be careful not to call anyone out, but I know of like, in entertainment, let's say it's with ideal comedians. There are some out there that their following is just too big. It's huge. Right. And it's like, I'm sure they paid for it. If I had to guess, I don't know for, but you could see their engagement makes no sense. You mean like, like Twitter have, followers, Instagram yeah, followers, like that sort of thing. Of what they have on their, their subs, let's say whatever it is across all of them. And then their retweets or their likes, they, they just, they don't make any sense. They have the same as like someone like me who has a very small social media following. You know, um, I don't give it much work, but you know, and it's like, it's like, come on, man, you have, I don't know, 50,000 or half a million subs and this amount of retweets, it just makes no sense. Now they're probably paying for followers, right. Or paying bots to work, uh, or, or they don't have negative comments is very odd where almost every comedian is going to get negative comments. It's just part of the job. And some of them don't, it's interesting. I think if you're paying someone, I guess they'll be plucking them too, or blocking, but I, I just, I noticed that recently, like the other side of it, like, like 
as a business, you know, I'm sure I've never been uh, approached for that, but I'm sure if you're trying to make your money through clicks and, and, and get advertisers, right. You show them sure it would make sense to buy, to buy, to use the bots for your side. Um, and I, it just seems weird to me. I've, I've noticed that a lot uh, recently. Um, yeah. It's like, and there's like some things like, you know, look at out of shadows, which was talking about like the, like the, all the mm-hmm. satanic stuff that was going in there. Like it got totally boosted um, by unknown sort of forces and just everyone was pouring in and what's, you know, like, like I, and it's like, well, why would that happen? Well, you know, they want to take the truth and they want to inject noise. And so if they find someone that has like this close, but has the wrong idea, I feel like they're going to um, boost that person up there so that the, the, the false information will disorient you and you won't really know what's going on. And the thing is, is that you don't actually need to control everyone if you have the mechanism to boost any voice that you want. And so if an intelligence service, like the puppet masters are sitting behind the curtain, they're just like, okay, well, how do we, how do we like control the situation? Okay. This person's got too much truth. Let's turn them down. This person over there, they're, they're crazy, but convincing let's turn them up. Right. And that's going to be the future. It's literally going to be a, uh, they're going to create live action role players out of us. And the ones that are searching for that money, they're just going to be like, Oh, if I do this, then I get more money. And then, you know, the brain circuits in the path of reward just take over and they're going to do the thing that makes them the most money. And then everyone else is going to see that person that is going to get all that money. And they're going to try to emulate that. And that's how people at, at, scale get programmed is that you got to, you don't have to do it to everyone. You just got to do it to the influencers Yeah, and everyone will just copy the influencers uh, because that's what we do. We're herd animals. Uh, We have this thing called mimetic desire. And when we see other people doing stuff, we, we start desiring the things that they do, especially when we see them as successful. Yeah. So uh, I think that this is, this is a, it's really powerful if they can pull it off. You know, you can, you can basically only give out favors to the people that advance your agenda and anyone that else that doesn't, they get, you know, uh, I don't know, like their revenue shut off because they violated some community guideline, uh, of Google's ad tech system. Oh, wait a minute. That's already happened. It's not the, <laughs> the worst beginning of social credit, right? Mm-hmm. The beginning of a social credit system for sure. Well, and and we're in this sort of uh, middle ground almost because they haven't quite taken full technocratic control. There is still uh, room for guys like yourself, Zach, to come forward and and speak this truth to people unfiltered. And with Blast.Video, not Blast.TV, excuse me, Blast.Video, you're sort of doing what you know, am I wrong here in, in th- like equating it to podcast technology? Because for folks who aren't aware, if you're listening to this show on Apple or Spotify, the Apple or Spotify can come and block this RSS feed. But then as an audience member, as a listener, you can just go and download a different app that's connected to the 2.0 index where, you know, Adam Curry set it up so that all of these podcast feeds would be aggregated and uncensored. You know, nobody can come and, and remove stuff. Um, it essentially makes it very, very, very hard for 
what happened to Alex Jones to ever happen again, right? Alex Jones had an RSS feed is the only RSS feed to my knowledge that's ever been taken off of Apple. Um, and they wow. do that very easily with, with YouTube, right? They could just boom, shut you off of YouTube. But with what you're doing, you know, you're sort of skirting around that and creating an atmosphere that's more similar to what we have in the podcast community. Is that, is that correct, Zach? Yeah, it is. You know, and the thing is, is that I'm trying to create what everyone is missing, which is essentially a uh, recommendation engine. But mine works as a cross-platform recommendation engine, right? Like it doesn't just return results from YouTube. It returns results from all the major content hosts, Rumble, BitChute, Rideon, GabTV, uh, Spreaker, Spotify, and YouTube. And um, because it's grabbing from all these different hosts, you know, we can figure out which trending videos exist in the whole universe, right? Without fragmentation, without having to say, oh, we can only give you search results. Like if you go to Rumble, you're only gonna get search results from Rumble. And you're only gonna see the trending videos that are trending on Rumble. You're not gonna get it on BitChute, but that's the great thing about an aggregation system is that you can get it from everywhere. It restores the video experience like it was before all the censorship took place. That's amazing. This is live now. Yeah, it's live right now at Blast Off Video. Blast Off Video. I'm can't wait to use it, man. That mm -hmm. sounds awesome. Right. So, just use it. You want to just type it in now? Yeah, Mark, you put it in. Yeah. Sorry about those motorcycles. I don't know. Four o'clock's not the best time for me to record. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that. Um, let's see, Blast Off Video. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people don't know that still about the podcasting thing and it's sim very similar with youtube where folks just are stuck to youtube they don't want to leave it for whatever reason you know sam tripoli has been champion championing rockfin as an alternative and still a lot of people go to his youtube channel like yeah. where did tinfoil hat go i leave those comments just to mess with them <laughs> <laughs> right on so i'm at blast out video Looks good, and we got at the top those stories about this school uh, or this shooter guy, mass shooter. Yeah, everyone's covering it, aren't they? But so Zach, this is uh, so this will actually the, the homepage will be what's trending. Yeah, that's everywhere. That's awesome, man. That is really really fucking cool. Uh huh. And then I've got category specific stuff, so you know, independent, populist, mainstream, and health, and also news. Mark, I never knew what you said about the RSS feeds. I didn't know Alex Jones was the only person to be pulled from Apple. I know a lot of um, other, a lot of content creators, a lot of podcasts, podcasters have been banned from Spotify. I've heard that many times. Right. Um, well, podcasting, so uh, podcasting 2.0, I think is the name of the project. And Adam Curry, who was pretty much in the, the podcasting game since the beginning, he was one of the guys who helped to innovate the technology uh, he saw what Apple did and how Apple had the only directory of podcast feeds. And he basically just recreated their feed and, and it's decentralized. You know, he's not going to go and ban anybody out Wait, of there. Apple's got a central repository of RSS feeds. Right. And and smaller podcast apps like CastBox and some others will use Apple's directory. But now, thanks to what Adam Curry did, 
they can use the 2.0 index instead. Where's that at? Where, where, where's that at? How can I find this? I will send you all the links, but if you go to podcastindex.org, it'll have the API. It'll have every, you know, it'll have the GitHub so you can get in there and no work on it. No one's ever told me about this. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm glad I could be the one to do it, Zach. That's what Alt Media United, the, the cooperative I founded, really rests on is this, yeah. you know, promoting independent free speech and, and giving people the the tools and the know-how to, to do it. And I think what's so cool about podcasting is I don't really have to do anything other than tell people how to get started because podcasting already offers all the tools to get your voice out there in a decentralized way. So, so what you're doing with blast video though, is I think, you know, well, well overdue, you know, we, we definitely yeah. need something like this. Uh, Cause unfortunately Videos are still king. You know, as much as I love audio content, I'm biased towards mm -hmm. audio content. Video content is king and, and people love it. And and I even put the audio versions of my show on YouTube just to get the extra hundred or so listens of people who hold over there. But it's it's cool to know that you're doing this and, and there's a larger, broader audience that's going to receive this censored content. Yeah, it makes me want to put an RSS feed on every single content creator that because I'm generating like a list of internal stuff uh, based upon the outward like HTML that's being presented. Like I deconstruct that and take the elements out and create an RSS feed internally. So I might even just like open that up because everyone wants an RSS feed. But like, you know, they've got this like WordPress site and then like this just happened yesterday. Like the web dev guy made up this excuse on why RSS was like not a good feature idea. And I'm like, are you guys trying to fail? Because everyone in like the professional space, like wall street journal, the New York times, like they all have RSS feeds. Like you got to have it uh, because people want to be able to see your content. And right now in the face of censorship, uh, it's the best way to bypass that censorship. You know, aggregation literally cancels censorship and uh, we need this RSS feed everywhere. So um, you know, this is great to see this podcast index. Thank you for pointing this out. No problem, man. Yeah, it's it's definitely I've been championing it, championing it for the past few months because it's very cool to see that happen. But uh, you have far more coding knowledge than me. So, yeah, get in that GitHub and see what what's going on. Maybe you can, you know, link in with them somehow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, man. So this is, this is the state of where we're at. You know, um, I think that there's going to be a lot more censorship coming up here, probably about uh, October. That's going to be my prediction could happen in September. Why October? Because of the um, midterm elections, which I believe are what in November. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, I think that there's going to be um, have, have heavy censorship right now. What they're doing is that they've relaxed all the censorship so they can get all the content creators back on these centralized platforms. And then um, right before the elections, they're just going to start squeezing everyone out of them. It's like, sorry, your channel's gone. Bye-bye. Makes sense. Yeah. So, makes which sense. is the reason why we need to have these alt tech platforms in place now so that when they pull the trigger on that and they start censoring, you know, it's like, ta-da, the free market can, you know, battle back. And that's what I want to do because you can't get, like people are going to get banned off of one platform like YouTube, but they're not going to get banned off of all five platforms that are in play. And so, you know, out of one of those services, one of them will still at least be broadcasting. And if that can happen, then they can appear on blast.video. 
Right on. Now, do you recommend uh, any one host before people, like let's say someone's on YouTube like myself, would you say Rumble, BitChute is better or does it really matter? Because they're all going to Blast.Video, but do you recommend any one video hosting service for uh, for content creators? Um, I really like BitChute. Uh, they've got better access for stats. So, um, I mean, that's my personal favorite. They've been around a little bit longer. Rumble is also really interesting. Um, it's a little bit hard to get stats out of them, so I personally don't like it as much like you know, what's the view count of a video? It'll, it'll say zero for a lot longer on Rumble for some reason. But um, they're pretty much about equal. The thing is, is that people need to be posting to multiple search engines at the same time. I'm sorry, this should be uploading to multiple video hosts at the same time. And if they're not doing that, then, you know, they're liable to get, you know, censored a lot more. Um, I believe that one of the things keeping back censorship right now is the fact that there's so much market competition for those people. YouTube knows that if they silence someone on YouTube, they're not going to be silenced, which is different than 2020 because if you got silenced on YouTube, where do you go? Um, nothing could pick up the slack. Users weren't used to going on, on alternative um, sites well enough. Now they, they are a little bit more educated. Now they're a little bit more internet savvy. They, they're going to know that, oh, I like that person on YouTube. I can't find them anymore. Okay, well, I'm going to try it on BitChute. I'm going to try it on Rumble and hopefully I can find them. Also, I think podcasts are so important because we could have this conversation and people can, you know, instead of being lazy and just using the YouTubes or whatever, they could hear Sam and people like ourselves talking about these alternative platforms. They could start searching cool. uh, and, and and how important is it for people, do you think, Zach, to to be private and secure with their web presence? Because, you know, obviously with things like social credit scores coming uh, for, you know, online users, people absorbing this kind of content on a daily basis are going to be on some kind of list, would you imagine? I mean, that's the next step. How, how do you people? Yeah, I, I I think it's a losing battle to try to hide yourself from the government uh, or the systems out there. I think that privacy is a relic of the past. Um, and it's not like because I want it to be this way. I just think that that's just a natural trend that, that it's going, that privacy matters less. Um, and that the only thing, the only positive to the fact that privacy is going away is that we can also make it go away for the elites. Exactly. Right? Right, like you, you turn the spotlight on the Rothschilds on George Soros and his network, which is what we're doing right now. Which is the reason why everything's going to to crap, is because all the stories that we've been told by the media apparatus turned out to just be nothing but power statements, um, you know, devoid of fact. And um, and it turns out that the people that are running us are actually all you know criminal puppets. And as this you know kind of breaks out. Um, and it turns out that it's kind of always been this way, believe it or not. Yeah. And, um, and so they are finding that the space to hide in is becoming smaller and smaller and smaller. So I think that privacy is going to be dead. I personally don't try to hide because I want them to look at what I'm doing and say, this guy's boring, but I am a whistleblower. You know, your mileage may vary. <laughs> right on. Right yes. I, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Like I was, when I first got into this stuff, I was so nervous. I wouldn't even use my own computer to look things up years ago, talking years ago. 
Um, and then, you know, I would say around the 2016, whatever time when I saw more people talking about it, I said, I don't give a fuck. And I just started looking at anything and I feel the same way. It's like, I, I think that there's no more privacy. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a tech person at all. I've heard that I should use VPNs and different things like that. I think if anything, personally, if I've used any of that stuff, it's just that I could see more content. But as far as being like hidden from the government, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're just going to send you one text and you're going to open up the text or maybe not even open it. The preview code will run. Then all of a sudden your mobile device is, you know, um, rooted. And now you're like, oh, I'm using a VPN, but they're actually literally able to see everything that is going through your screen, right? Like, you know, people, when they think about like security and how to not get tracked, they're only thinking about like one level and like a multi-level story about how they're being tracked. And the thing is, unless you get all the different areas together, um, which involves getting a phone that isn't cracked by the CIA, then you're going to be, you're still going to be tracked. Right. And so if people are like, well, how do I, how do they, you know, how do I not get tracked? The solution would be to get a Chinese phone or a Russian phone. If Mm -hmm. they exist, I don't know if they do, but get something that's not made in America. That's not cracked to spy on you. It's cracked to spy on the Chinese and then you get it. And then like, the Chinese will know what you're up to, but at least it won't be, you know, the Americans as much that that's like my own, that's my closest thing. But even if you have a Chinese phone, it's not hacked by the CIA, you know, the cell phone towers are still going to be triangulating you. So still, you know, the, the intelligence services are going to have a live 3d map of where you are at at all times of the day. And we can't find this guy. You know, it's as far as I know. Yeah. The whole, you're on the, you're on their matrix and you can't get out. You know, yeah. you're going to have to toss away all your cell phones and go, you know, fish on an Island somewhere for the rest of your days. Yeah. Uh, do you know anything about um, like TVs and just home devices are, is it true that people can hack in and just watch you on your T if you have a smart TV or have you ever heard of any of that stuff? I know there's yeah, tons so the of cameras yeah, in every phone. Yeah. It was, every um, I think, I think it was the Philips F series um, that was hacked. And basically um, when you turned it off, it, it stayed on yeah. and could record everything that was happening in the room. Yeah. So um, I remember when that came out, I went and told the security department at YouTube, I said, by the way, you know, when I worked there, I was like, Hey, you, you know, that these F series are, are actually, you know, possibly spying on us. And they didn't do anything about it. It was, which was really weird because they were so paranoid over security, but they weren't really paranoid about, oh no, it was the Samsung, not Philips. It was the Samsung F F series that was spying and they never did anything about it at, at YouTube. So, um, which I always thought was really weird, but yeah, the TVs are going to be able to look back. At least they can hear you right now. And yeah. my, my understanding is that once they get webcams in them to view each other, which really isn't a thing right now, but when it comes, then it's going to be like the TV is really looking at you yeah. at any time that it wants. Well, I use a Samsung TV looking <laughs> at it right now as my monitor. Hello, uh, CIA's, I guess, been watching me every podcast I've ever done. So that's cool. Another listener, add them to the list. <laughs> Great. Zach, do you, uh, I don't think I'm crazy because I've heard other people say this is true. But have you ever had uh, where you've thought of something and then got an ad for it on your phone or on a, on an app where you just have literally never said the word out loud and you just were thinking about, you know, 
a product most of the time. And then all of a sudden it pops up or that's never happened to you. It's never happened to me. Um, other people, it's weird because that's like kind of like the new thing. I've heard it from several people is that they were not even saying it out loud. They were just thinking it and they were it's definitely to happened to me a couple of times for something. Really? Yeah. Yo, hundred percent. Like I, I didn't even say it years, like a couple years, about two years ago, I'd say it started happening. And it was sick. I'm like, people are going to think I'm fucking nuts. Cause they're anything. I'm crazy. Um, but then I saw other people posting and then like, I've actually done experiments where I've thought about weird things that would make no sense. I don't have cats. Think about cat, cat litter bowl. And then it pops up. So I was just going to ask you if like, what is that technology? I- I've read somewhere that it's something about, I don't know. I forget. I'm too dumb to even repeat what I heard, but it's something about like, it's predicting it's predict it's pre- some kind of predictive shit. I was just wondering if you knew anything about like how it just bugs me. out. I think about it all the time and I actually have messed with it on purpose to see. And it, it, it happens. It, it, it happens all the time. Now I just, I'm just wondering what is that? Like, how is it in your head? Is it predictive uh, product placement? Is that what yeah. you're thinking of? <laughs> I, I have no idea. The only thing I could think of is that you're doing some sort of bodily movements that correspond with the product in question, but okay. how they would know what that is. I don't know how they would be able to. Maybe I'm just, that I could be Cause that seems like a lot of data. That Maybe. I don't know. Um, so It'd be nuts. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm, don't worry. I won't tell Sam. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure uh, there's you know, many paranoid uh, rabbit holes we could go down. But Zach, is there anything you want to leave our listeners with before we uh, before we leave you with some plugs? Can I play my promo video? Please, yeah. Can I can I play my promo video? Yeah, let's do that. All right, you ready for this? It's gonna be great. It's gonna be the best three minutes of your day. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, I, I hit play, but it's not. It's going Did you to hit share over. sound? It's the CIA. No, I, I did hit <laughs> sound. I'm just going to say this. Last video on Cancels America. Hi there, my name is Zach Voorhees. You may know me as the Google whistleblower. And I think it's safe to say, I hate censorship more than anyone else that I know. And that's the reason why I created Blast.Video, a new type of social media system called an aggregator. And the way that it cracks through censorship is that it scans open video platforms like Rumble, like BitChute, like Brighteon, like Gab TV, and looks for new content by the content creators that you love. It takes those new videos that it finds, it brings it under one single website called Blast.Video where it serves it to you. Content creators like Joe Rogan, Project Veritas, Alex Jones and Infowars, Bannon's War Room, Stu Peters, Next News Network, Rebel News, OAN, Newsmax, Epic Times. We feature independent creators like Awaken with JP, Dinesh D'Souza, Stephen Crowder, Bonjino Report, Andy No, Chrissy Mayer, Judicial Watch, Lex Friedman, Jordan Peterson, Jordan Sather, Ann Vandersteel, Glenn Beck, Rubin Report, Gothics, Sarah Carter, Viva Free, Charlie Kirk, Mr. Reagan, Lionel Nation, RSBN, Black Pigeon, Speak, Scott Adams, Lauren Southern, Lauren Chen, Ben Shapiro, Dell Bigtree, Dix Hexenhammer, Gateway Pundit, Candace Owens, Quite Frankly, Freedom Tunes, We Are Changed, Jimmy Dore, Tim Poole, Anomaly, The Quartering, Black Conservative Patriot, Health Ranger Reports, Matt Walsh, PragerU, Red Pill 78, Sarah Westall, SGT Reports. 
We scan a total of 250 content creators across platforms every single hour for fresh videos. It's like censorship never even happened to the conservative community. And I'm looking for your help to make Blast.video the number one spot in America for conservative news. The reason is because I want to create a better future. 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 In the future, there is no censorship of human states to blast, blast off the video. And now I'm going to use this time machine to go back to the present. And it looks like blast off video couldn't come soon enough. So you may be asking yourself, when does Blast.video launch? And I've got great news. If all goes well, Blast.video will launch in 10 seconds. Nine, eight, seven, six. Censorship of humans. Right on. Man, I love the guitar. Like the guitar? <laughs> yeah, I learned how to play that for that video. Can we can we aggregate from samtripoli.com because we post our no. tinfoil hat videos there? No, I, it has to be on a on a media site. Okay. Um, like one of the five that I support, which is like Rumble, BitChute, Brady, and Gab TV. You guys are on one of those, right? Uh we can make it happen. Anymore. I'll have to talk to Sam. No, I, I think they only they're only oh, yeah, on yeah. on Rockfin for free, and then uh, and then samtriply.com. But gotcha. anyways, give send go. You got to give send go so people could support you, Zach. Because I know this is yeah. uh, this is important, and there's a lot of people out there with, that would love to uh, send some value back your way for the value you're bringing to the world, really. So yeah, uh, I do have a uh, support. So if you go to blast.video/support or go to givesango/blastvideo, um, it's the same link, uh, cool. and you can help support my fight for free speech and to get the content creators that you love all in one single spot, um, where you're going to be able to see all the trends that happen across all the platforms right in one place. It's your one-stop shop for news and the best place for conservative news. On the internet. Right on. Awesome. I cannot wait to use it myself. Yep. And remember to put it as a link on your homepage, on your mobile phone, um, and then it acts just like an app. In fact, it's called the web app, and it's been designed in that way so that it can bypass all of the app requirements that a normal app has to do because, you know, those don't exist for web apps, which is where we're going to keep it there. So, cool. um, yeah. Right on. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate you. your time. We really appreciate your time. This was awesome. And uh, Mark, do you got anything else? No. Again, thank you, Zach. I appreciate all the information you shared, man. And uh, yeah, keep keep up the great work. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to talk to you again. Uh, like I said on my show, and then also see how my podcast cooperative uh, can help you out in any way. I think 
maybe putting Blast.Video linked up on Alt Media United uh, would be the first step. So I'll get in touch with you over email. And uh, thanks, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great. Right All on. right. Bye, y'all. Take it easy. Thank you so much. Check out the Dojo of Comedy uh, schedules. Uh, we got some amazing shows coming up. You can check it out at tiffscomedy.com or the Dojo of Comedy East is our Instagram. Like I said, guys, uh, Sam Tripoli, we haven't promoted it yet, but it's in July. It's up on the website. Tickets are already going without any promotion. Sam has not mentioned it yet, so you don't want to miss that and tons of other shows. If you ever come by and you're a listener, just just ask for me or say hello. I love meeting you guys. I know there's a bunch of uh, listeners that come hang out at the dojo. Just say hi if I'm not too crazy busy, and I'll still find time to say hello because I love uh, seeing you guys. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week. And don't forget to sign up for the Freethinker Society Telegram. The link is in the description. Join the conversation, leave us a voice message, and even get your message played on the show. See you next week.